Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Welcome to the Impact Hour. I'm John. I'll be your host today. Today's show is titled Getting Things Done with People. There are a lot of books out there on getting things done and influencing people and making friends and all of that. And I've discovered that there are some things that those books don't talk about. So we always want to get what we want. And sometimes we aren't getting what we want. And other people seem to not be cooperating. Unfortunately, people are not automatons. We are all very complicated. And so there really is no formula for getting people to do what you want. Everyone is different. There's really no techniques to do that I found that really work, although they help a little bit. There's no five steps or five ways to influence people that work with everyone out there. And maybe you even tried some of these these things and found that they really just don't quite work for you either. And maybe you're thinking, what's wrong with me? I'm doing all these steps, but it's not working. Unfortunately, methods like these can turn into manipulation, where really we're just trying to get people to do what we want, and people can sense that. So today we're talking about mostly principles rather than methods or techniques. And so these principles hopefully will help you get more of what you want in life. And what you want in life might be more success at work, you know, promotions, uh, just more success financially, or it really could be more with your family. Maybe you want kind of more connection with your kids. Uh, You want them to listen to you and hear your advice and follow those kinds of uh, suggestions and recommendations we have for kids, for our kids. Maybe this has more to do with our marriages and with our significant others. We kind of like the relationship to go a certain way, uh, and we want those kinds of things out of life. Today we're talking about getting things done with people. One of the big principles that I've learned is that it flows from the inside out. It comes from what's going on inside me, whether I want it to or not, and leaks out. And from there, then I interact with people and they either respond or react or whichever, whatever they do. They might go, ick, ew, weird. Or they might go, hey, that's kind of nice. But it all flows from what's going on inside of us, inside you, inside me. So, for example, you might be thinking, man, this guy is really a jerk. That's what's going on inside Whatever method you're trying to use to get what you want with that person probably is not going to work. From that inner dialogue that's going on, this guy is really a jerk. However we respond, that will leak out. And this person will go, ooh, ick, and not really want to do what we want. And then in response, they might be thinking back to you, oh man, this person's really a jerk. How can I work with this person? So the methods that we have to win friends, influence people, and get what we want with people, those don't work if what's going on inside of us is not in alignment with, with and conducive to what people want out of life and conducive to their relationship. 
So what might our inner thoughts be that might be influencing the relationships that we're having? Maybe we're thinking and we're going through the world thinking, man, I just can't trust anyone. People are just jerks out there. Everyone's a jerk and I can't trust people. And here we're trying to engage in relationships and interactions with people. How easy or hard is it going to be to get what we want with people if that's our inner thought process? Or maybe we're thinking, I'm not worthy. I'm not worth it. My parents told me I'm no good, good for nothing, whatever the parents said growing up. And we're going around thinking that. And how is that going to work, getting what we want with people? Or maybe we're thinking, I must do whatever it takes to make this person like me. And that's the highest value we have going into it. I mean, sure, maybe that's not what we're consciously thinking, but somewhere in our psyche, we're thinking, I really need this person to like me. And how is that going to help us get what we want with people? Are we likely to even ask for what we want in that scenario? Or maybe we're going through saying, I must appear competent. And it's all about appearances. We cannot look bad. It has to look good. And so we have this mask on. We have this facade. And the other person, the other folks we're interacting with, are trying to interact with us with this facade and we're trying to get things done with them. And perhaps that's not going to work out so hot either. And they can tell that there's a mask. When you learn to look for it, you can see people's masks. But sometimes it's not always obvious. At least that's what I've learned. And if I have a mask, I'm wearing my mask. I put that on sometimes, not on purpose. (laughs) And then I try to interact with people. It often doesn't quite go as well as I want. So maybe you're thinking all salespeople are fill in the blank. They're all jerks. They all just want what they want and they don't care about their customers, whatever thought process is going on in there. How might the next sales transaction go with such a person if that's your thoughts? Or maybe you're thinking all men are fill in the blank, pigs perhaps. And then you're really trying to have a good relationship with an awesome guy. How's that going to work? So what's going on inside us often gets in the way of trying to get the kinds of things we want with people. And it could be, you know, we'd like a promotion or we'd like a good deal on this sale, on this thing we're buying. Or it could be more deep. We just want to have really great connections with people. We want to feel loved and understood and accepted And we just want to have these really positive, uplifting relationships in life. And all these inner thoughts are whirling around in our inner mind. And we're just, they're going around. And a lot of times these thoughts may even come from a subconscious place. We're not consciously thinking these things, but these are kind of the thoughts that are bubbling up as we interact with people. You know, something happens and we go, oh, yep, that's right. I knew it. You know, all salespeople are jerks or whatever. Or all guys are, you know, shallow, whatever, whatever the word is. And that's the, the story we tell ourselves that this is the way it is, and there's really nothing we can do about it, and people are just this way. And so we're having a hard time building and developing really deep connecting relationships. So it really does flow from the inside out. And the principles I'm talking to you today are really about what can we do about the inside of us that will help so we can have deeper relationships with folks. 
So if we're approaching interactions with people with an attitude of love and concern for them from the inside out, that's going to go a lot farther than if we're thinking, what's in it for me? Or how do I get what I want? It's pretty tricky. If your inner thought is, I want what I want at any cost, and I will use these methods and these techniques to get this person to do what I want, it really is a manipulation. And the other person will probably be able to sense that. And they'll go, ooh, ick. And they'll be a lot less inclined to help you get what you want. And so the techniques that we often try to use to get people to do what we want often backfire and don't work at all and make it actually worse than if we weren't trying those specific techniques. And of course, there are degrees to these. We can be thinking, I get what I want at any cost. Or it could be, I want what I want, and I'll leave it up to the other person to get what they want and to guard that. That's a little better. But even better is, I only want what I want if you also get what you want. And that's what we call win-win or no deal. So if the other person can trust that you're guarding their win too, they can relax and they can be less guarded and far more open to possibilities. But if we're thinking, what can I do to get this person to do such and such? It's probably not going to work. So inside, we have to really focus on what's going on. Are we really concerned for the other person or are we just trying to manipulate them to get what we want out of the situation and it flows from the inside out. So I'm gonna take a break. We will be right back. Do you want your kids to listen to you more? Bosses, do you want your employees to be more engaged? Salespeople, do you want your customers to be more inclined to say yes? I'm Rena Bonicio from the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Let's explore some simple changes you can make to get the responses you want from people. Schedule your free discovery session with me at theimpacthour.com. Making some simple changes in yourself can make a dramatic difference in your relationships. Schedule your free discovery session at theimpacthour.com. Some assembly required. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives, and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. More fun than visiting the in-laws. Welcome back. So we're talking about getting things done with people from the inside out. We find that that is far more effective than trying some specific technique or method to get people to do what we want. Find that often backfires. People can tell when we are trying to just get what we want from them. 
They feel manipulated and they go, ick, ew. And then they're far less likely to work with us to help us get what we want. One of the things that flows from inside of us has to do with how we see the world and how we are interpreting the events that are going on in the world. There are stories that we make up about why people are doing what they're doing and why things are happening. So when someone says or does something and we immediately create a story to explain the behavior, and oftentimes we rarely really know the reason why they did that. Why did they do that, say that thing, act that way? And I found for me that while the story seems true, I'm usually wrong about it. The story that I created around why they did this or why they did that oftentimes isn't right. It's hard, though, because our mind is really not okay with not knowing why. And so something happens, somebody says something, and we're not good with it just being explanation not provided and just sit with that. We're not really good with that. And so our mind comes up with a reason. And the crazy thing is this reason, this story that that we make up around it oftentimes happens so fast, we're not even aware that it has occurred. So we have an event that takes place. It goes through some filters that we have so that we even may notice the event or may not even notice the event at all. And if we do notice the event, a meaning is assigned to the event, and then it comes to our conscious perception with the meaning already built in. So here's an example of this. Driver pulls out in front of us. We get into an accident with them. Ouch. In our head, we start thinking, wow, how inconsiderate. I guess you think you own the world, and I'm nobody. Well, how's that working for you now? You, what a jerk. That's what's going on in our head. And then we have all the emotions that come with the story. We're feeling unvalued, hurt, and as a result, we start feeling angry. Then we get out of our car and start to have an interaction with the other driver. How is this going to go? Well, we can imagine, not great. And if we wanted the other driver to cooperate with us, that probably is not going to happen so well. So this meaning that was assigned to it is is how that they're being inconsiderate, that they think they own the world and they don't care about us, that we're a nobody to them, and we're angry and upset and mad about that. And that's the story that we made up. And maybe the other driver wasn't thinking about all of that at all. He wasn't thinking he owned the road, wasn't wasn't going, well, the road's mine and I'm just going to go where I want. Might not have been thinking any of those things at all, but this is what we made up. And now we're going to have a hard time navigating through this accident and getting what we want and cooperating with the other driver. And that's just an example. There are all these things going on all over the place all the time. We're making up stories about why they did this or why they did that. And I pick driving examples because a lot of people can relate to that. But when somebody, you know, leaves something out and doesn't put it away in the house, what are we making that mean? Are we making that mean that they're lazy or they're inconsiderate or they don't care or whatever story we're making up about that? That's an example, another example of the kind of stories that we can make up. And oftentimes, like I said, the story is not true at all. 
we've completely fabricated a reason. And now we're reacting to the reason as if somehow that that's true. So the stories that we make up oftentimes are really not helping us. Example with the with the accident. You know, we're going into this accident trying to navigate with this other driver, and we've made up this horrible story about why they did that and what kind of awful person they are, and that's not going to help us get what we want through that and navigate through that accident gracefully and with as much ease as possible. In fact, the way we thought about it, the story we created is probably going to make it worse. And it's going to go with unease and not grace. And the story is completely fabricated. We don't know it's true. So we might as well take, learn a practice of rewriting the stories and making up new stories about what is happening. If the story's made up, we might as well make up a story we like. One that would serve us better and help us get and, and navigate through the world kind of get what we want with people, and have a much better experience. If we can't really prove the original cruddy story is true, then the new one that's not so cruddy probably is equally valid. We might as well just go with that one. So changing stories is not necessarily easy, but there's a process that can be done. So notice as you're going through the world, the stories that are being created. Are there situations, maybe maybe if you think about yesterday, is there a situation that happened yesterday where maybe you weren't quite so happy with how things went? And think back to that event. Was there somewhere in there where you, in your mind, created a reason why the other person did whatever they did? And is that necessarily true? Do you know for sure that the story you created is really accurate? And if not, if there's any doubt that the story may not be true, any doubt that the story is true, then maybe that's a candidate for rewriting the story. You can also evaluate the stories that you're creating. Or how are they making you feel? The story you've created, does that put you in a creative space of possibility? Or does it feel limiting and dark? What actions or reactions are coming from the story, story that you're creating? How are they responding to you? And how are you responding to your story? Is it helpful? Are the responses to the story putting you forward, making you move forward in the direction you want in your relationships? And are relationships being affected directly or indirectly from the story or the meaning that's created? And if you don't like any of this stuff and you don't know for sure that the story is true, maybe it's a good candidate to be rewritten. And go back, which is the fourth step here, is to create a new believable story that fits the facts. has to be believable. You can't make some wild story like, you know, unicorns came from the planet Mars and came in and, you know, influenced the person to do whatever. That's not believable. That's not going to help you rewrite your inner story that you have. But it could be going from, oh, that person's just a jerk. They're an idiot. They cut me off in traffic to, wow. Maybe, uh, you know, something's happening with their engine and they decided they really need to get off the freeway right then. Either one could be true. Might as well go with the one that's more positive. And then there is a story around the story, or I guess maybe a 
Say there's a process around the process. That's a better way to put it. There is a, a process all around those four steps. The four steps is noticing the stories that you're creating, evaluate what you really know, what happened. And if there's any doubt, it's a candidate for something that you could change. Number three in this step is evaluate if the story is helping you or not. And if it does not, then it's a candidate for, for change. And the fourth one is to make the new story. And then there's an overarching process around that where you notice the story that got created after it happened. Maybe it happened last week or two days ago. What it happened already, the story was created, you had the event, and maybe it wasn't so fun. It was kind of crunchy and messy. And now you're looking back at it a couple days later, a week later, going, hmm, maybe I created a story there that could be modified. And so you're catching it after the fact. And then in this process around all of it, might, you might notice it being created just a few hours ago. And so you're starting to notice sooner and sooner after the event until you're starting to notice the story being created when it happens right in the middle of the event and you have a chance to change the story. So maybe you catch yourself starting to get pretty angry at somebody and realize, oh, I might be getting angry because of some assumptions I'm creating about their motivations, and maybe those aren't true. So you have a chance to shift the way that you're reacting in the moment. And after doing that for a while, the old stories that you're making up around certain kinds of scenarios will change, and the old story won't come up at all anymore. You'll only have the new stories that you're creating around it. And then you can get into a situation that maybe in the past really caused you to be really upset, pretty aggravated, uh, you're emotionally triggered, having a hard time. To Over time, working on this, eventually you can get to a place where those events happen and it doesn't hardly bother you at all. And now you've really made a shift, a change in the way that you interact with a certain kind of scenario. So again, taking the driving example that a lot of people can relate to, if you're the per kind of person who gets pretty upset when you drive, I know several drivers who've been that way, and they end up at their destination all riled up and upset and possibly angry, and that's pretty consistent, then if you work through these processes and catch it sooner and sooner, catch the stories and the meaning that's being created sooner and sooner and rewrite those with better stories that are more supportive. Over time, you can get to where you can go through traffic and arrive at your destination in actually a pretty good, pleasant mood. And wouldn't that be pretty awesome? So all of this comes from the inside. So when we want to get things done with people, what's going on inside of us matters far more than any specific technique or method that we choose. And learning the meanings that we assign to things is a big part of that. Relationships are in a system. So relationships, when we interact with people, people of course are very complicated so we say something or do something and they respond to what we said or did, or maybe they react to it. And in their response or their reaction, then we respond or react to that. And then they respond or react to us. It's this system that goes around with this feedback that goes from one person and back to the other person and back in, a, in this cycle. 
So anything that we do or say in the relationship affects how they respond and how the relationship goes, how an interaction goes in that relationship. And an example of that is in an escalating conflict. You've seen this in kids. You know, kids get, oh, yeah, well, you know, my dad does this. Oh, yeah, well, my dad's better than your dad. And then it gets in this cycling, escalating thing. Of course, that's kind of fun with kids. <laughs> but adults do this, too. And an escalating conflict can get to where, you know, they're just fire shots back and forth verbally, um, hopefully not physically, uh, to where it just kind of rests out of control. It goes out of control. So I need to go to a break. We will be right back. statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you want your thin hair to feel and look thicker? With Viviscal, the number one drug-free healthy hair supplement in the U.S., two little tablets is all it takes, guaranteed. Viviscal is clinically researched to promote existing hair growth for men and women. And right now, a 90-day supply of Viviscal is offered in your area, risk-free plus free shipping. Viviscal nourishes thinning hair from within, and we guarantee you'll love your hair growth results. Viviscal Viviscal is so effective, it's recommended by doctors. Here's what dermatologist Dr. John Laura has to say about Viviscal. I feel confident recommending Viviscal. It's backed by 25 years of research and multiple clinical studies that demonstrate Viviscal's effectiveness in promoting the growth of thicker, fuller hair. It's so easy to try Viviscal. Call right now for a 90-day risk-free supply plus free shipping. Call 800-335-6708. That's 800-335-6708. 800-335-6708. Mannington is a flooring manufacturer and they produce many of the flooring products that Waldo Bauer's Flooring Showroom carries. Together they make a great team. Mannington produces a large variety of beautiful and practical products, reasonably priced. Wood, laminate, vinyl, and luxury vinyl planks and tiles that are waterproof and pet-proof. And Waldo Bauer's has the largest flooring selection in Northern California. Right now they have some new area rugs and some are wool. Waldo Bowers will always have something special for you. If you're not quite ready for new flooring, Waldo Bowers carries all the manufacturer's cleaning products, including host dry cleaning machines for rent. And take a look at the wallpapers and window coverings, too. Excellent customer service, professional installation, and affordable prices. Why would you go anywhere else? 0% financing is available on approved credit. Waldo Bowers. Join us on Facebook or online at waldobowersfloorcovering.com or call 451-0114. 451-0114. Parents, do you want your kids to listen to you more? Bosses, do you want your employees to be more engaged? Salespeople, do you want your customers to be more inclined to say yes? I'm Rena Bonicio from the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Let's explore some simple changes you can make to get the responses you want from people. Schedule your free discovery session with me at theimpacthour.com. Making some simple changes in yourself can make a dramatic difference in your relationships. Schedule your free discovery session at theimpacthour.com. Some assembly required. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. 
Move through your world, touching lives, and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. You are listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live a life rich in meaning and significance. Welcome back. We're talking about getting things done with people from the inside out. So we just left, uh, just before the break, we were talking about how relationships are in a system. That when we do something and say something, the other person can respond or react to that. And then we get a chance to respond or react to what they said or did. And we can have an escalating type of interaction with, with somebody. And so relationships are not simple things. And what the other person does might uh, influence us to feel a certain way and we might respond and we might say, oh, they caused us to react this certain way or feel this certain way. In fact, we often say, you made me feel whatever it is. It's actually not all that true, but in either case, it's a system. We are influencing each other in the way that we interact and it can be pretty subtle. So we normally think, they, I did such and such because they said or did that thing. And so we're doing it because of them. We're putting all the responsibility on what they did. And rarely do we think, I said or did such a thing, and that made them react or respond in a certain way. Normally don't think about it the other direction. So we can really be in a, in a relationship where we are seeing the other person as the problem and not really taking a look at our part in it. And maybe both parties are equally responsible for what is going on in the relationship, just maybe a little bit, or maybe that's completely true, that both parties are 100% responsible for what is going on in the relationship. And then we can react or respond in that kind of situation where maybe maybe both parties don't like the way the relationship is going. And we can say, I don't like the way the relationship is going. I'd like it to be different. But one person needs to take the high road and go first. And maybe whoever goes first needs to apologize for their part in what has been going on in the relationship. Maybe that would be helpful But if we stay stuck, locked in a dynamic, creating in the relationship, kind of, uh, I don't know, a a feeling, a culture that we don't like, a way the relationship is going, um, then both parties are equally responsible for it. And either one has the option to change the cycle. So the key point here is since a relationship is a system, it can pretty much never be just one person's fault. Now, I know a lot of folks might argue against that, but both folks involved in the relationship are participating in an interaction and both have a part in how it's been going. Whatever is happening always includes our actions, responses, and reactions. And being in the relationship together, both parties are creating the result that they are getting. And if you've been having a negative cycle in your relationship, you probably could even enlist the other person's help. 
and say, hey, I don't like the way this has been going. I'd like it to be different. I was wondering if I could get your help in making it better and making it different. And let's talk about how we would even like it to be. How would we like the relationship to be? How would we like it to feel? Let's work together creating that. And of course, needs to be done carefully. So saying, hey, I don't like the way you are showing up in our relationship would be a way of making the other person wrong. And that probably is not going to go well. (laughs) So you want to make sure that in an interaction, you take the judgment out. Which leads me to my next point, which is that judgment is met with resistance. And I talked about this a little bit last week. So when was the last time someone said something where you felt they were making you wrong or bad and you thought, how nice, I can really feel their love in that statement? Probably not. That just doesn't happen. And maybe they even have our highest good in mind. We are doing something, engaging with people in a certain way that's not helpful, and they'd like us uh, to stop whatever it is for our own sake. They want us to reap the benefits of interacting better. And so they say, hey, why do you always do this thing this way? That's just so wrong, or however they bring it up. Uh, Even if they have our highest in mind, we really have a hard time hearing that and going, oh, gee, you're right. Whenever we hear a judgment, when whatever they're saying makes it seem like we're wrong or we're bad, we immediately go into resistance. That's just natural. And of course, we can break that response, but the immediate response of most folks is to justify why we did it, to explain how they perceived it wrong, or whatever it is to make it okay that we're doing that, to justify it in some way. It's like, well, I don't like what I did, but they did such and such, so I felt justified in responding this way. So if you want to have a different kind of relationship with people, and you'd like them to do more of what you want, just go make them wrong and see if that works. (laughs) And that probably is not going to work so well. And that's so often why we hear parents saying, our kids just won't listen, or my employees just won't do what I want and they won't listen. And often it's because we're coming at them from a place of judgment or making them wrong. And then they feel compelled to resist that, to justify, and it creates this odd dynamic where it puts both parties at odds with each other. It creates polarization. And people start to defend and justify why they're acting a certain way, even though deep down they really don't want to be doing that. But now they have to dig in their heels and they have to be right about it. And that's just pretty common the way things go. If we want to get out of that kind of cycle or prevent it from happening in the first place, an alternative is to come alongside and support them in their making their own change. There's probably lots of ways to do this. And more than probably, there are lots of ways to come alongside. Many of them is to ask questions and to try to understand in a very deep way. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Just want to know their thinking. A lot of times a person will say, well, I did this and did that. And, oh, yeah, you're right. I I really didn't want to do that. Or, you know, I would like to do this better. This came up and I promised to do better. And that can all be done just from a place of love and acceptance from the inside out. And just being what is better for you in this situation 
you're responding or reacting this way, is that actually what you want to be doing? And not from a place of judgment at all. In this case, you're not against them, you're for them. And when you're for them and supportive of them, then they are free to change. And they don't have to defend and justify and dig their heels into the current position. It's very freeing when the judgment is removed. That's not a common way we interact. So changing the way we interact in these scenarios takes a lot of work, a lot of effort. Sometimes we may have to come back and say, I said this thing earlier yesterday or last week or just a moment ago, and I apologize. That's not how I wanted to interact with you. Really, what I really want you to know is I really support you and I like you and I want to be there for you and have you do your best and shine your brightest. How can I do that? And then let the other person respond to that. That would be so much more freeing and such a different interaction than the typical ones, at least typical than I've experienced, say, in the workplace um, or some number of other uh, scenarios where I've been in with, with people interacting uh, there's just a whole lot of this is wrong, this shouldn't be that way, and you're wrong for doing it, and it just feels pretty icky and pretty pretty depressing, constricting. It's not free. It's not in a, in a place of creativity and open to possibilities. It's a closed off. I need to defend myself so I can be okay and, and feel like I'm okay and uh, not worry about people, you know, marking me with with the idea that I'm a bozo or whatever it is, that I have a chance to just be me and be accepted and then be free to go ahead and make the changes that I want. Next thing I want to highlight here from the inside out, we all have a past. So I have a past, you have a past. We have memories of these past events. We have this history that's going on with us. And sometimes what's going on in the moment has more to do with this past than it does in the current situation. So maybe in the current situation, someone says or does something and it reminds us when we were in third grade and maybe whatever the scenario was, was a situation where we were in fear or we felt like we weren't okay. Uh, Maybe someone made us uh, wrong and ridiculed us in front of our peers. It was not great. And then what is going on in the current situation reminds us of that. And now what's going on in the current situation, it isn't just what's going on then. All this stuff from this past event are being brought into the current situation. And maybe, maybe this could happen. I know it's happened to me and for you, maybe something like this might happen. And if it did, I'm imagining you would prefer the other person to respond to us with grace and understanding rather than taking it personally and reacting in a huff. Maybe, maybe that's, that maybe that could happen. And I'm guessing that's how you would like them to respond. And we will talk more about this right after the break. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. 
Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. Parents, do you want your kids to listen to you more? Bosses, do you want your employees to be more engaged? Salespeople, do you want your customers to be more inclined to say yes? I'm Rena Bonicio from the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Let's explore some simple changes you can make to get the responses you want from people. Schedule your free discovery session with me at theimpacthour.com. Making some simple changes in yourself can make a dramatic difference in your relationships. Schedule your free discovery session at theimpacthour.com. Some assembly required. Interrupting life as usual. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back. We're talking about getting things done with people from the inside out. We were just before the break, we we're talking about that we all have a past. We've had things that have happened. We've had events, maybe when we were growing up, when we were young and impressionable and didn't know how to filter things out. And people said or did things, and we took in what it meant. And maybe we made it mean something not great, even in that moment. Maybe it didn't mean for that to happen. We didn't mean for us to take in those messages, uh, but we did anyways. And so we have events in our past where we took in messages that we weren't valued, uh, that we didn't matter, that we would, people didn't care enough about us, and we were abandoned or we felt abandoned. A lot of things can happen. Or maybe it was much more traumatic and maybe there was physical abuse. Not sure what's going on with various people, but it can be a lot of different things. And so we're interacting with people and there's all this past that has gone on. And it's possible maybe that somebody will say and do something and you will have your push button pushed. They will push your buttons is how we say it. Although they don't actually push the buttons, not intentionally anyways. But we get triggered, and this past event is now brought into the current uh, dialogue, the current interaction we're having with somebody, and we're reminded of this past event. And all the feelings we felt back then come flooding in. And we're feeling not valued, not heard, uh, like we don't matter, or maybe we're worried that we will be safe. We want to protect ourselves, and we might react in a way that's not really related to what's going on in the situation. Just just maybe. Maybe that might happen. I know it's happened to me, and uh, I think I've talked to a lot of people who say that they can really relate. So maybe it might happen to you. And if it did happen, most of us would prefer if the other person could respond with grace and understanding rather than taking it personally and reacting in a huff. And the point is that maybe we're interacting with somebody else and they're having a moment where their past is coming up and they're having all these emotions and all these feelings from this past event right in the current situation and maybe they'll say or do something not great and maybe they'll react out of fear or anger and they'll lash out. And in that moment they are probably really wishing that we would respond with grace and understanding rather than taking it personal and reacting in a huff. Now, admittedly, that would be really hard to do, but perhaps we can look at the situation and and see 
And if we know the person really well, we might actually be able to identify what could be going on with them, what past event got triggered then. And then we could have compassion and understand that what they just did and said really has nothing to do with us and everything to do with them and their past situation that they experienced. In which case, we don't really need to escalate. We don't need to throw it back in their face. We don't need to take it personal. We don't need to escalate and you know, make it worse by then having our own experience, our own triggering event, and now we're getting into a shouting match or whatever it might look. And that's all from the inside out. If people react to their past situation and we don't, we don't take the bait, we take the high road, we have compassion and understanding for them. Wow, what an experience for them. How would they feel around us? They would feel pretty darn safe. And if you were a person like that and you were trying to get things done with people and they were super loyal because we were there for them even when they were having a hard time, we could really get a whole lot more done. Another thing from the in relationships and interacting with people is uh, we it really, really helps to value the relationship over the doing. And this is really a big key point, especially in the workplace, when we're doing a lot. We're doing, doing, doing. We want to finish the projects and get this task done and make these sales and do all of this stuff. And it is pretty important. But oftentimes we make the doing more important than the relationship. So people want to be seen, heard, and understood. And I know I've been in the workplace where I did not feel seen, heard, and understood. In fact, I felt the opposite. I even had a boss tell me, well, whatever it is you're thinking, you know, we, we don't want to hear that because we've already got this figured out. And I'm sitting there going, ow. They didn't even want to hear my opinion. Certainly not feeling heard or understood then. So if we're in an interaction with someone and they don't feel heard, things will get stuck there. Maybe we'll even get done what we wanted. And so we might feel like it went okay, but that person then will feel like the relationship got trampled upon. And over time, it'll be harder and harder to get things done with that person. It's just the way that goes. And if you've been in the workplace, maybe you are a manager and you see employees come in and they're, they're start out, you know, brand new first day, first week, they're really excited. They want to have a lot. They want to do a lot and, and maybe, you know, step into their greatness and be a, a shining light in their company and do a lot of great things that are amazing. And then over time, they get more and more depressed and start to like the work less and less. Maybe what's going on is they feel like the relationship is being trampled on and now they're not so excited about working anymore. Things work so much better when we value the relationship over the doing things. And even even if we don't accomplish what we wanted quite in that moment, long term we'll accomplish so much more when there is a deeper connection and a trust in the relationships, in the workplace, in our families, in other places. When people trust and know that we have their back, they're more willing to do what we ask and what we'd like when they know that they are valued and seen and heard and understood. And if that's not happening, when the relationship feels trampled upon, sure, we might get more done now, 
but then over time it'll just start to get bogged down more and more and more and it'll just be harder and harder and harder and the initial successes that we had uh, will just get harder and they'll the successes will come slower and they'll be more difficult and it'll be far more effort so some examples maybe we're trying to uh, get employees ideas so that they'll feel like they have buy-in into the process that we're doing and if we're doing that with no intention of using any of their ideas it's just a manipulation over time the employees will start to tell this is just a manipulation and they really don't care about what we think and they're not going to be willing to do as much their their engagement in the workplace will go down they'll start to withdraw more it'll be harder to get done what you want or maybe a manager is not giving praise to employees because they're afraid that they won't work as hard in that case the employees will also do the same they'll start to disengage and then threatening people with job loss so that they will work harder only works for so long until the employees start to not care anymore so there are all ways where the doing trying to get the work done becomes more important than the relationships or other examples lying to a customer to get a sale the customer won't be back if they discover it so maybe you make this month's sales but next month next quarter you might be in trouble or telling a customer what you think that they want rather than listening so those are some things to get things done with people from the inside out you've been listening to the impact hour thanks for listening